You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off a $500 purchase. Use code LOCKEDON at checkout. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm doing well. We are just over a week now. I'm ready. Yeah. Ready for that draft. Let's do it. Matt, yesterday we talked about one quarterback, rookie ADP from Dynasty League Football. You had a lot of disagreement. You picked a lot of nits. I did, yeah. I, I agreed with most of them. We we didn't like Rashad White in the first round. We certainly saw a path for Isaiah Spiller falling out of the first round post NFL draft. So today we will see if you we'll see if you like the Superflex version any better. Again, this is Superflex rookie ADP first round from Dynasty League Football. This is our final uh, pre-NFL draft ADP. Uh, I, I said yesterday, Matt, that uh, that Brees Hall was the consensus 101. That's not just in not just in one quarterback. He's the 101 in our Superflex ADP as well. I, I've got to stop right there because it's so rare to have a non-quarterback uh, sitting at the top of, of Superflex ADP. Uh, does that say more to you about Brees Hall as a prospect or about the quarterback class? I think it's a little wrong. I mean, I'm being hard on these ADPs. I, I see right. it, and I'm sure people were looking at it like maybe like a Trey Lance last year where do I have to wait all year until Willis actually gets on the field? Um, you know, he probably won't be the third pick in the draft like Lance either. So maybe there's more room for error, small school guy, but super flex is all about, I mean, if Willis is out there, he's going to be at least as good as Jalen hurts. Don't you think? I mean, like to me, that's the floor for fantasy and Jalen hurts has a lot of value in super flex. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, with, I really, with more, with more job security than hurts. I do think it's, I think there's some impact from uh, from Trey Lance. You mentioned his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the fact that not only did he not get on the field uh, hardly at all as a as a rookie, I mean, there, there's kind of some growing hesitation about the status of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Will, no, yeah, yeah. will he stay in town? And if he does, is, is this going to be Trey Lance's team? Or, you know, there's... I think all of that and the the similarity between the two quarterbacks, it has dynasty managers a little worried. Um, I guess, I guess. So you you like Willis as the top pick in Superflex uh, rookie ADP? Or Not rookie... by leaps and bounds, though. Right. Yeah. You know, and no, if you I'm... listen to yesterday's show, I think Walker and Hall are pretty close. Well, and, and I'm with you. I, I've got Malik Willis as my 101 in, in Superflex leagues okay. as well. So I'm not, not arguing. Uh, but our ADP has Hall at the one spot, Willis at the two. Um, interestingly, you might remember yesterday we had Traylon Burks uh, between the two running backs, but our Superflex drafters disagree. They've got Walker three, Burks four. 
Uh, I, I... Here's my theory on that. Superflex drafters are a little smarter than regular drafters. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Burks is starting to fall a little bit in the smarter people's eyes. If they gotcha, gotcha. Maybe, maybe that's it. Uh, <laughs> just like yesterday, we've got those uh, potential first-round wide receivers, first-round NFL draft, by the way. Uh, first-round wide receivers clumped together here. Burks at four, Wilson five, London six, Jamison Williams seven, and Chris Olave eight. So we don't get the quarterback two until the nine spot overall. That's another rarity. Typically, if, if you've got a first-round NFL draft quarterback, uh, if he's not going first overall, he's in the top two or three. Sure. Kenny Pickett, who is, uh, I think, a lot to be a first-round NFL draft pick and, so too, yeah. and potentially the first quarterback drafted, he's way down here at nine overall. Matt Corral, 10 overall, not a lock to be a first-round NFL draft pick, but uh, offers uh, offers some upside as a rusher as well. And then you've got your guys, a Spiller hanging on at 11, George Pickens at 12 to end the first round. So I already know, Matt, you don't like the the one-two order. You want Willis at the top. Uh, Beyond that, though, what what other concerns, what other issues do you see with this ADP? I don't want to be redundant for yesterday's conversation. Like, I don't think Spiller belongs here. There's some backs I like better. Um, I think Burks is too high amongst the, the his wide receiver peers. So I wanted to f- focus on the quarterbacks and where they sit a little bit. I, I, I don't know what to think about Pickett and where he's going to land. I, I think he'll end up somewhere between the Panthers at 6 and the Lions at 32. <laughs> That's yeah. a pretty big spectrum. But it's still a first-round quarterback, and I think whether you love him or not, he's an NFL starting quarterback, and he's not just a stiff in the pocket. I mean, he's going to run more than Matt Ryan or Derek Carr or some of those type of guys. But that being said, I would have, in the real world and in fantasy, I would have Ritter as my quarterback, too. Mm, Okay. Ritter not in this top 12. Uh, I do think, though, if he's a first-rounder, especially if he gets that sweet landing spot with the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. he would jump into the first round, certainly ahead of guys like Isaiah Spiller, who who could be a day three right, pick. Right, right, right. Uh, Matt, we talked about this a little bit on yesterday's show, this, just the uncertainty around landing spots. But, I mean, here we are. We're, we're what, eight days from the NFL draft, and – I mean, if I told you to, you know, to bet your house on who the quarterback one would be, first quarterback drafted in the NFL, yeah, I mean, we, we think it's Malik Willis, but it could certainly be Pickett. It could even be Ritter. Um, same thing with wide receiver. Um, I mean, Burks, Wilson, London, Jamison Williams, all of those guys have um, have their fans. And, and yeah. you know, you could tell a story that any of the four of them could be the first receiver drafted. It's, it seems like most people think it's Garrett Wilson, but uh, I just don't think it's Burks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's fair. We talked about him falling yesterday mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, it's there's at least three guys in the conversation, right? Uh, Wilson, London, and, and Jamison Williams. Running back. We, again, we think it's Brees Hall, but would it be shocking if Kenneth Walker was the first running back drafted? I don't. I don't think it would be. So, and it, even if you expand, I mean, we're not we're not going to get into offensive line or, or, or defense conversations here. Uh, I don't want to show my ignorance too much, but 
mean, you look, who's the number one o- offensive lineman, right? I mean, we think it's Evan Neal, but it could uh-huh. be Cross. It could be um, the NC State kid, right? Like, there's just so much uncertainty with this NFL draft, and even though it's even though it's a class that's considered down from a from a fantasy perspective, I think it's going to make the draft a ton of fun. Oh yeah, yeah, I 100% agree with that. I mean, maybe it'll become clearer soon, but. I think Walker could go over Hutchinson still, you know, and there's a, all these receivers need to sort themselves out. Yeah, I, I think that the uncertainty will make it a lot of fun. Um, one name I want to throw out, too, is while we were talking about this ADP, I don't think Corral's for me. I, I'm hoping the Steelers don't take him, you know, like, I, I think he's going to take a beating and is small and is very reliant on legs and RPOs that... There's some things I like about him, but he probably won't be on my team. From a fantasy dynasty standpoint, uh, without knowing landing spots, Matt Corral or Sam Howell, which one do you want? I'm glad you brought up Howell because I think his legs and his rushing this past year are a little bit of fool's gold. Like, yes, he can run, but if you watch him this year, and trust me, I've watched a lot of these quarterbacks, it's... Call a play, nobody gets open, he panics, he runs and slides and picks yeah, it was, up 12 yards. It was you know, a necessity. A yeah. Right. It yeah. was a necessity play. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who lost, uh, who lost Diami Brown and Daz Newsome and Michael Carter and Javante right. Williams from his offense. And, you know, he was kind of the last man standing in that, in that Tar Heel offense, even though they, you know, they've got a couple nice players down there uh, still as well, but uh, certainly lost a ton of, of playmakers. And, and I think you're right. I, I don't think of Sam Howell as, um, uh, you know, it's almost like Justin Herbert, I would say from a, from a yeah, running standpoint. He to, great. Yeah. Right. He, he can do it, but you can't look at him and, and expect he's going to give you 30 or 40 rushing yards per game. That I no. don't think that's going to happen. I mean, there'll be a quarterback draw every game or if things break down. He'll scramble and run out of bounds for six yards, but they're not going to be, you know, a lot of designed carries for him. Yeah. You didn't answer the question. Corral or Howell? Corral, but barely. They're Same. Close. Same yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, we're talking Brian Robinson today, a running back that I'm uh, becoming more and more a fan of. Yeah, me uh, too. Really, really excited to see where he lands uh, next weekend. We'll talk about him right after this. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Nile, a great fine jewelry place. And we got, you got to go to BlueNile.com and check it out. But we got Mother's Day right around the corner and you got to take care of your mom. You got to take care of your wife that's a mother or your girlfriend that's a mother, whoever. But check out BlueNile.com. You know, there's fine jewelry and wedding jewelry and everyday jewelry. They have all the above, which is wonderful. Uh, whether she prefers a statement piece or an everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Uh, shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant te- tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Uh, again, my my wife's a big fan of BlueNile.com, to say the least. Um, also, the mother's this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off $50, a $500 um, p- 
purchase. So, you know, that's just exclusive to our podcast listeners from anyone on the Locked On Network. Um, this podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. So use our code. Here's our code. Locked On. All one word. All caps. Uh, that's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet pack- packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Thanks so much. It's something you definitely got to check out. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Now, for a big announcement. Starting Thursday, April 28th, tune in to Locked On NFL's Dra- NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. For those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Draft Special, hosted by Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, all week leading up to the first pick. Look for both of those on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page and the Locked On NFL Draft podcast feed. Matt, we're going to talk about Brian Robinson today, the senior running back from Alabama. He's 23 years old, six foot two, 225 pound, big bruiser of a running back. And Matt, we we normally kind of brush over the prospects counting stats. I really want to dig into them today. I, I just just notice some interesting things here with what Robinson's done in his time at Alabama. Before we do that, though, what are your initial thoughts on the player? I like him more and more. I yeah. mean, I originally thought he's a heavy-footed plotter, mm-hmm. doesn't have any big playability, heavy feet, not going to contribute much in the pass game. But I shouldn't have sold him short. I mean, if you're a, ba- a Bama back getting those kind of touches – he has ability. He has toughness. He gets the tough yards. He's really good in pass protection, which I love for fantasy reasons, which means he'll probably get a handful more dump-offs than he probably deserves. He's not a bad receiver. Um, no, I think he's a quality player. Like, we had a, a Spiller conversation yesterday. I might prefer Robinson to Spiller. Yeah, I don't think that's that's that far off, honestly. And and I said I wanted to look at his numbers. And first of all, I think it's interesting that uh, that Brian Robinson had a had a meaningful meaningful role in all five years of his uh, his tenure at Alabama. He was there five years, got the extra year due to the COVID rule, um, and he he kind of had to bide his time, but eventually. He did get that that lead role. Of course, that happened this past season. But he's not just a, he's not just a, a nobody. He was a four star no, four no. star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, Twenty seventeen was his first year with uh, with the Crimson Tide. And, and of course, I mean, we know that that they always have multiple four and five star running backs. So you've really, I mean, you've got to earn your your snaps there and. We've seen plenty of talented players or players that we expected to, to really turn into something, you know, go do nothing and, and leave or, or just kind of fade away. They've got a couple of those guys right now who I, I think could be on that path. We'll see if uh, see if they turn it around next season. But Robinson in 2017, 24 carries, 165 yards and two touchdowns. 
in that year, he was essentially the RB5 for Alabama, playing behind Damian Harris, Bo Scarborough, Najee Harris, and Josh Jacobs. Uh, Two of them were first round picks. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and really, I mean, he to even get on the field with those with those guys ahead of you, I think is, is pretty impressive. 2018, he's the RB4 behind... Damian Harris, Najee Harris, and Josh Jacobs. Scarborough was gone, um, and the numbers improved significantly. 63 carries, 272, and a couple scores. By 2019, he's the RB2 behind only Najee Harris. 96 carries, 441 yards, and five touchdowns. 2020, same thing. He's behind Najee Harris. 91 carries, 483, and six. But here's what's interesting to me. That same year, 2020, they bring in three guys that were either four-star or five-star running backs, freshman running backs. Jace McClellan, Trey Sanders. I believe Trey Sanders was the RB1 in the class, maybe the RB2, and Roy Dell Williams as well. And Robinson held those guys off. All three hardly played, honestly. 2021, he's the RB1. All three of those young guys are still on the roster, didn't have too much of a role and Robinson finishes with a big year, 271 carries, 1,343 yards, 14 scores. And here's what's most exciting for me. He added a receiving element to his game. He catches 35 balls for almost 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns. So showing that he can catch the ball, I think, is a big deal for his outlook as as an NFL player and as a dynasty asset. Yeah, and I mentioned he's really good in protection. And a lot of what you said of how he held off top recruits and you know didn't lose in the depth chart and was able to get on the field very early. I mean, sure, a lot of those instances are when Alabama's winning by 50, but still, I mean, there's something to be said for that. I just think the, the words to describe him are trustworthy. Mm. You know, Saban you know, probably trusts him with a young, talented quarterback, and every step of the way, it just shows that the coaches trust him. And I bet that correlates to the NFL. Like, if you screw up a pass block or you fumble or you don't do what you're supposed to do, you find yourself on the bench pretty quick. I can't see that happening to Robinson. I was just thinking back to, to 2017, and, and they've got Najee Harris, and, uh, I mean, my my thought process was this is this is – a top two or three running back in the class. He's a freshman. They've got this guy I've never heard of, Brian Robinson. Najee's gonna gonna be the man, and it, he he outproduced Robinson, but not by a significant amount. And and we could say the same really throughout their career. So pretty pretty impressive run uh, of production for Brian Robinson. I'm excited about his outlook. Physical runner, big strong runner. Um, I think he showed this year he can. He can handle a heavy workload, so I, I think when you're talking about a potential bell cow running back uh, who can do it all, and I don't think there are many of them in this class, but I think Robinson is one of them. Yeah, and you know, one of the strengths you have down here that's really a pro football focus thing that I very, very much agree with them is he's a tackle breaker. Yep. Tackle breakers translate to the NFL well. David Montgomery, Javante Williams... It's not like they're 
if you break tackles at the college level, you probably break tackles in the pros, and that's a big, big deal. Yeah, very true, very true. Matt, when we come back, we'll continue our Brian Robinson conversation and talk about his NFL draft and dynasty value. Hey everyone, I've been telling you guys about Built Bar for a long time now. They've been great friends with the whole Locked On Network and really with my family, to be honest with you. We've been getting Built Bars for quite a while and they don't last long around here. I mean, they, uh, this is a, the time of year when a lot of people have given up on their New Year's resolution, but not this year. So I, I've been sticking to it and eating right whenever I have to fight my kids for these Built Bars, but it, it almost feels like it's not a resolution because they're so easy to eat and they're tasty. I mean, they got real chocolate on them I've, I've told you guys before my wife's kind of a uh, a chocolate snob and she doesn't like a lot of the bars because of the, the waxy chocolate feeling but um built bars aren't like that at all and, and if you haven't tried the puffs you're missing out on one of the best built bars that, in terms of taste for sure they're great uh puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy they're marshmallowy they're not just a protein bar they're a treat and they they too of course are covered in 100 percent real chocolate um, they're a fan favorite with incredible flavors, you know, uh, coconut marshmallows big here. Banana cream pie is actually my favorite. Uh, these are going to be your new favorites. I can promise you that one. Uh, low-cal, high-protein, replace, replace your candy bars with these. I mean, they're just better. I mean, a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most built Bars contain 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. I mean, so high protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Again, I mean, they blow candy bars out of the water. Tons of great flavors. So here's what you got to do. Go to built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your next order. So use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Check out tomorrow's episode when we continue our Rookie Profile series. Now, make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We are talking about Brian Robinson, the Alabama running back. Really interested in this player, Matt. Grinding the mocks mm-hmm. has him going 123 overall and RB7. Uh, so we're talking about, uh, with, with comp picks thrown in, I think we're talking about kind of on the edge of uh, being a day two, day three prospect. I, I'm rooting for this guy, and I hope he gets that that late day two draft capital. I think that could really boost yeah. his dynasty value if he gets that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, right now I think he'd probably be my RB five or six, probably six right in that neighborhood. But if he's a day two guy, um, I mean, I don't know how many guys will get get drafted total in the top three rounds. And one of them might be somebody like James Cook, that's sort of a specialty player that you know, wouldn't change my opinion. But yeah, I think that would speak volumes if he ends up in the third round. According to rookie ADP right now, Brian Robinson is going 18 overall. That puts him as the RB6. He's behind, of course, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. Also behind Isaiah Spiller and Rashad White. We talked about those guys uh, yesterday. Zamir White, who we talked about last week, profiled last week, is the RB5. 
and Brian Robinson there at six overall. So he's he's gained some value this offseason, but I think he's got some some room to potentially uh, move up the board even more with uh, with a good landing spot and draft capital on his side. My hunch is he goes up rather than down. Yeah, yeah I agree. Matt, let's finish up the conversation with some possible landing spots for Brian Robinson. We've talked about landing spots with running backs uh, really the past month or so, and uh, yeah, it's not. there's a couple we like, right? Um, I mean, it, Atlanta needs a running back. Houston needs a running back. <clears throat> I would like to see him. I wouldn't mind Houston. Yeah. Well, I mean, we... Third round. Right. Know, we said... Draft Evan Neal or Iguanu or somebody. We yeah. said we didn't necessarily want Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker to go to Atlanta or, right, or Houston. Right, right. But if you're talking about um, that second or third tier of running back where, where Robinson fits in, then that would be a big value boost, I think. Yeah, right. He could be the one. So even though I, I do think that Robinson showed he can he can catch the ball, I still think he's likely to be profiled as, as that uh, committee back who who's going to you know, get the tough yards and, and maybe not necessarily the short yardage guy, but um, maybe the, the first and more than right, that. right. More than that, but maybe he's the first and second down guy. Uh, can you think of a, a running back that you would like to pair him with uh, that could form a good committee? I've, I've got one in mind. I want to see if you have any. I really hope he's not a Patriot because I think they'll like him a lot in the Saban connection. And he kind of reminds me of Damian Harris, but I, I think Tennessee will love him. To be very oh, honest okay. with you, yeah, and that's uh, you. Obviously, you're waiting a year or two, and he's not quite Derrick Henry. I mean, I'm not saying that, but I think he could be the Michelob Ultra version of Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking the New York Jets um, Ooh, because with Carter. I mean, we we've, yeah. we've kind of stuck Carter in as that every down back, but he's not. He's not an every down back. Um, no. But paired with Robinson, I think that would be a good duo. That's the one that stands out for me. Um, good one. Real good one. It, I think that would hurt Carter. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that would be a smart jet move, and I think it would be good for Robinson. Yeah, we already talked about Atlanta. If you let Patterson get all the receiving work. I mean, really similar to what we mentioned as landing spots for Zamir White uh, last yeah. week. But I, I think Robinson's a little more well-rounded than than Zamir. I bet Seattle likes him. Yeah. <laughs> that that would fit their uh, their their style yeah. for sure. Yeah. Matt, it's been great to do these uh, rookie profiles. We've covered a, a ton of players between uh, the the four of us in in these weekly episodes. And uh, starting next week prior to the draft, leading up to the NFL draft, we are going to talk about some final rookie rankings for all four positions. So we'll hit that next week, and then we'll be ready to take in the NFL draft. That is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.